This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Thomas More Prep Marion High School's spiritual director and coach, Bill Mayer, talks about coaching boys to be men. One body, Can the Catholic faith be incorporated into sports? One body, one body. Is winning the bottom line to success? One body. Well, let's find out. Here's Bill Mayer being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Ken Billinger. I want to introduce Bill Mayer, the campus minister at TMP Marion Junior and Senior High School, as well as the religion instructor for the junior high students. Also head basketball coach for the Monarchs. And in addition, Bill, along with his wife Mandy, are the directors of religious education at St. Nicholas of Myra Parish in Hayes. Bill is the father of Thomas, Andrew, and Emma. And thank you very much. And Emma was uh, actually uh, one of our trivia winners. I yesterday. heard that yesterday. Kind of at the tail end of the day. So, but anyway, we're going to talk today coaching boys to be men. And I, you know, I was, I was kind of joking with somebody yesterday. I said back in the day when I was coaching, and I use that term lightly. It was more like kind of the uh, organizer of, of uh, some sort of a practice. Anyway, I, these are the skills that I didn't have, and I think that's so important. And I think this is just such an incredibly important topic to talk about. Not only just coaching boys to be men, but just really helping men to be well-rounded in every aspect of life, and I think that's important. So let's talk about that a little bit this morning, Bill. In what ways are you unlike traditional basketball coaches in secular schools? What are some of the things that you do differently to instill good leadership and um, those important things to young men? Well, I, I think one of the things that we, we try to do is, you know, we think our culture will lead to winning instead of winning leading to culture. So the very first thing we did this year was we brought him in and uh, we talked to him about what the expectations were for these guys in a lot of areas, and we didn't really mention basketball until the very end of it. And we told them that if, you know, we use the word elite, if you'll be elite in these things, which we talked about, academics, athletics, and faith, then the byproduct of that is being successful in, in a lot of other ways. But but that wasn't going to be our defining characteristic. We talked to him about if you come out of our program and you're a good husband, you're a good father, we get some priestly vocations, then for us that's success. Mm. And if we can focus on those things, and a lot of the great coaches that are, are coaching right now have figured out that formula that those things are what create the winning. And, and you can kind of look at our season this year where, you know, by the time we got our culture fixed, then everything started clicking and success came at the end of the season. It just takes a while for, you know, especially our, our young people, it's such a hard message for them to try to be elite in all those areas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and so that's what we try to do. What and Now, how, how long have you implemented or when did you begin implementing this? Uh, as, as soon as we started last summer. So we get to work with the kids in the summer now. Uh, we're hired at the first part of June, and, and we started working through the summer. So our very first team meeting, we brought them uh, bracelets that they had to wear, at least for the summertime, that just said, be elite in faith, academics, athletics. And we asked them to wear that as a reminder. And really, through the summer, we worked really hard at every single practice and every single meeting to talk about these things. And uh, and like I said, it, it's such a counter message for the culture right now that it took us a long time. And I think to a certain extent, it was a little hard on our players and a little hard on our parents for us not to go right in and start talking about X's and O's and mm-hmm. this is what's going to lead to winning and to understand, you know, we got to get the culture right before we can get the basketball right. So. Absolutely. 
Yeah, what a, I think it's awesome now. So did, was there any pushback? Did you have any pushback from parents or players at, at that point? Or? No, our, our parents were great this year. Um, and I think that you know we look at ourselves as partners with the parents. Uh, it, it takes a lot to raise a young man in this culture. And, and for me, I've got two boys, and I'm excited that they're surrounded by people that help us when we're not around them to help that way too. So I think that uh, the parents were awesome with us. The players, you know, we, again, like I said, they're used to models of where they're successful in one area of their life, but they don't do the right things in other areas of their lives, and they think that's okay. So us saying we need your grades to be elite, we also need athletics to be elite, and we want your faith to be elite. It, it's a hard message uh, for them to want to be good in all those areas. Sure, sure. Uh, I'm fortunate <laughs> enough to coach with two other just extremely good, and, and part of the reason I wanted them to coach with us, Coach Scott Brown and Coach James Harris are assistants, and they're good husbands, they're good fathers, and faith is very important to them. Mm-hmm. Um, coach Brown actually converted over to Catholicism a couple years ago, but he'd gone to Mass for years and years and years before that. Most people didn't even know he wasn't. Catholic. And I think that young men need examples of men who will stand up in front of other people and say, faith is important. Yeah, athletics is important. Yeah, success in business is important, but faith is important. And, you know, it seems like in our church, there are not enough men. And I think a lot of our young men look at the church and say, I don't think this is for me. This looks more like it's for women than it is than it is for us. And they kind of drift away. And so, you know, we want to be models that say, nah, stay active in the church. Absolutely. You're exactly right. And the young people see that. Our young men see that, women involved. And then that, that in the, I mean, when you look at that affects our vocations, it affects everything uh, in such a big way. And I think one way we get those vocations back is to get these the young men plugged in and know how important it is to be part of, uh, have an active faith life. And I think that's a great thing. So explain how you incorporate saints into your coaching philosophy. So, you know, one of the things I want our, our guys to know is a ton of saints. We got plenty of role models for our young people that are not good role models or aren't necessarily directing them towards God. And so every day we have a saint of the day and when we start practice we begin with a prayer and we have a saint of the day and we talk a little bit about that story and it's not a lot of of time but it gives them a little message through all of practice about a different saint and so they walk away um, and normally it's associated with something we're working on in practice so um, when we were struggling a little bit we had patron saint Rita impossible things Jude impossible things um, there's a saint of persistence and I can't think of right now which one it is and so they normally tie to those sort of things when we were doing good we started talking patron saints of humility and those things and so just giving them some ideas of people that they can look up to uh, in those ways what a great idea so how do you motivate and inspire your players to work hard and be good future husbands fathers and leaders i know you talked a little about it but maybe go a little more in depth about some of the things you do so one of the things that we talk about a lot is use the game and uh to create a future and, you know, there's so many correlations, but if the game is simply about the game and winning, it's really pretty small nothing. Um, you know, I talked to our guys about winning a state championship, even if, if you win a state championship. And I think winning is important. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But but uh, you get to wear that ring and you get to wear that shirt until you graduate high school. And when you go to the college campus, if you're still wearing I was a state champion shirts <laughs> and those things, everybody looks at you like, hey, man, college is over, you know, high school is over. And so that thing that we think is so important is really just a measure of you 
getting some tools to be successful later in life and what are those things. So we want them to use the game, develop a work ethic, develop the ability to handle adversity, develop the ability to, uh, when it's crunch time, to be able to have some confidence in yourself and make plays. And then, you know, we talk to them, hey, being a husband is not easy. Being a father is really tough. You know, your your daughter's sick all night long. You got to go to work the next day. You're tired and it's a grind. You have to have a little bit of, of that ability to handle adversity in order to be a good father. And so use the game to put a bunch of tools together for you to be successful later in life, be a good husband, be a good father, be a leader. But if you just use the game for winning purposes only and that's it and you don't gain those things, then it really wasn't worth your time. Right. That's a, an excellent point. What about um, combining teachings of the faith with basketball and bringing those two things together? How do you how do you incorporate those two things? It's really pretty awesome. For one, I always tell our guys, uh, and they you know they don't love this the sprints afterwards or something like that. Is hey. Within the Catholic faith, you can offer that up. That's some suffering for you right there. And so what a great value to be able to do. And so a lot of times when someone's struggling within the school or the, you know, our families or something, we'll bring that. And, hey, today we're offering this practice up for such and such or something like that. And so um, tying in the idea that, you know, we can join those as prayers and, and, and mix that with it. But then really, you know. What it takes to be successful in basketball is what it takes to be successful in life and in our faith and the ability to get through tough times. So it's amazing how it just flows, you know, within everything we do. And uh, some great points here. We're talking with Bill Mayer and, and, and coaching at TMP, TMP Basketball. This year, you actually held a dinner to teach your players and their dates proper dinner etiquette. So tell us a little bit about about that. Yeah, one of the things, you know, I think that we've recognized again that uh, – our young men do not know how to treat our young ladies. Um, and so we felt that us as a program, this could be one of the things that uh, that we could do. Um, and, and there's several colleges that are doing this as well, and, it, and it's been good for them in those situations. So we, we decided to give it a try. Uh, St. George is the patron of uh, chivalry. I wanted to say chivalry, <laughs> chivalry. And so it's the St. George etiquette dinner. Um, and I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you I learned an awful lot about etiquette that night. <laughs> I'm sure I would have, too. Uh, Scott Brown and myself kind of led him through the uh, the things, which fork to use and all those sort of tips. And I was taking notes as it was going along. And my wife kept looking at me like, ah, you should probably know that. And it's good that you learned that. <laughs> but uh, but they had to go ask a date. Um, and it could have been, you know, one brought his mother. And, and so it didn't have to be a romantic date of any way. It could sure. be a friend or something. Um, and we met at St. Nick's. Um, and we went in and we kind of talked a little bit before in the church. And then uh, our senior parents did an awesome job of preparing a meal. Uh, and uh, so they came into a real nice, it was chicken cordon bleu meal. They had had to pull out the chairs for the dates. They had to learn how to have conversation without their phones, all those sort of things. And so uh, it ended up being a, a pretty cool night. I wasn't sure what it would be like, um, but it ended up being a pretty cool t- night. And then, I, again, I just think that's one of those places where – you know, we got to get outside of basketball, and we get a certain amount of influence with these with these young men, and we need to use that to again give them some tools. And I told him my first experience in a formal dinner was I was a, a, an assistant superintendent at a golf course in Lawrence, and I got stuck in this fancy, fancy meal with golf course superintendents from like Augusta National and Pebble Beach. And I'm sitting there staring at all this stuff and just felt like a Western Kansas kid that was looking for the McDonald's. Yeah. And uh, and so, you know, we told them that, you know, the goal of this is to feel comfortable in those situations. So hopefully that helps them. 
Wow, what a great idea. Um, kind of showing that chivalry isn't dead, mm-hmm. um, and that's the great thing. I love the idea that it's you know really being totally well-rounded. It's not just about the game, just like you said, and I think that's such such an important uh, thing to for, for young men to understand. So did you encounter any unanticipated difficulties in your first year as head basketball coach what maybe with the you know with the implementation of of the things you're doing uh it was definitely a year of adversity and and anything that you accomplish or do is 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 going to involve that and so um we knew going into the season you know last year we graduated eight seniors that played the majority of the time and we brought back a really inexperienced team most of them are not suited for varsity at all. And so we knew that there would be challenges and we knew that we had to get through building that culture and we would have to handle times where things did not look good and times where they were ugly. And we kept telling our guys, you got to stay together. You got to trust the process and eventually it will come out. And it clicked really nice at the end of the season. We had a nice finish. And, and I, you know, I told our guys, you know, one of the things you got to quit measuring success on is based on wins and losses and how far you go. You know, it was easy for us to look at how we finished and say, was successful, but if we'd have gotten beat out first round uh, of Substate at home, we could have looked at this season and said it was successful as well because our guys gained in their discipline, our guys gained in their work ethic, our guys grew as men, and that's what we're going to base success on. But it's really, again, hard to help people to understand that that's what you got to base success on. Now, the nice thing about that is if that's your success base, the winning and the success normally comes with that. But but we definitely had, we had some, you know, we started out hot. We got a win in the shootout, which is really tough, and we were pretty proud of that. And it's over Great Bend, so I'm sorry, Great Bend listeners, but we were excited <laughs> about it. And then we went into Christmas break four and two, and I think we were feeling pretty good about ourselves, and we came out of Christmas break and struggled, and we play a really difficult, you know, I call it the spring season, and uh, we got just really good programs in there. So it didn't look very good, but I knew that we'd grown a lot as a team, and and I kept telling our guys, you got to understand, you're a good team right now. This is going to come out okay for you. And they were able to keep their head and, and, and let it finish out, did. Yeah. Well, and that adversity, you know, that's the thing. A lot of times when, you, when you're winning, things look pretty good. But when you don't have that adversity to face, I mean, to me, that's where you really start to build character, build and grow is when, you, when you're facing those yeah. uh, adverse times. And it, it matches our life. Um, yeah. Our best times of growth, and we talk about this a lot, is look at your prayer life when things are most difficult in your life you pray the most. And when things get easy and comfortable, it seems like, unfortunately, our prayer life starts to lessen. And uh, and we need those times of adversity in order to sharpen ourselves and to continue to grow. And, and this is where the saints help us out so much, because if you read the lives of the saints, there are so many difficulties that they went through and so many struggles that they had that, uh, you know, that really helps us to see the value of that adversity. And we won't you know, it's easy because in sports, we get that opportunity where it says, man, it's really good that we lost that game. That made us work and go. But in life, we don't like that adversity. Um, in sports, we see how that helps us. Sure. And that, I, that's an excellent point. Who who are some of your coaching inspirations that you've, you know, you've maybe followed through the years? Well, uh, f- following wise, as far as people that, you know, I there's a lot of successful coaches out there. I, I'm a Bill Self fan as far as X's and O's with basketball and toughness. Uh, I'm not necessarily a KU guy. I'm actually a Duke fan, so Mike Krzyzewski is obviously someone that I follow mm-hmm. a lot. Sure. Um, I started liking 
Mike Shashevsky when they beat KU. That's how bad of a I hated KU was in like '91 or something. Right. I thought right. KU was going to win the championship, and I couldn't handle it. And so when this bright shiny team of Duke beat them, they became my heroes. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then you know locally, uh, I've been fortunate enough to work with three you know 400 career win coaches, uh, Coach Kirk Maska, uh, uh, Coach Rick Keltner, and then Coach Joe Hurdle, and and uh, I've learned a lot from all of those guys, and, and uh, I feel very fortunate. Uh, I feel bad for guys who go out there right out of college and get that job too early, their head job, and don't get a chance to work under coaches, because coaching is really something that uh, you have to learn under someone mm. that knows what they're doing, otherwise it's really, really hard to figure it out on your own. So I would say I've been blessed to have a lot of good influences in my life. Yeah, and of I, course I had a baseball coach way back in the day. Oh yeah, no, no, we, won't, <laughs> we don't even want to go there. I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> so I can't take any credit there. I, in fact, I look back on that and go, you know, if I could only have done things differently. But you know, it's great to see what you've done and what you're doing with the program and. And the other, you know, you talked about Mike Shashevsky. I, th- is, is I think he might be Catholic. He is, too. yes. Yeah. And he went to a Catholic high school and uh, and uh, still is active in the faith. And yeah, and which is also great to see. Sometimes you you see uh, people who maybe grew up Catholic and not, are not active in the faith now. And uh, you know, I, I, that's another. That's certainly one coach I do respect is Shashevsky, and and uh, he's done done a great job. And so um, I think that is a. You know, you'd be you'd be amazed though. Even like you know, Coach Self at KU. I mean, there's a prayer that you'd be amazed at how many programs mix Christianity even in a public school within their programs. And I think colleges a lot of times do a better job of it than high schools do. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but you'd be amazed. You know, John Calipari is a, a daily mass attender. A lot of times, you know, you wouldn't think of that as being you know a high level coach. Uh, that does that. So I, I don't know. I think it's amazing to me how often they do use the faith in their yeah. stuff. And I think uh, another coach, well, this is not basketball, but football, I think Mike McCarthy, who coached at uh, Green Bay, and I don't know yeah. where he landed, but um, uh, was also daily or often often attended Mass from what I from yeah. what I understand. So, Father Jarrett will talk about, too, is, is he looks out at Mass sometimes, and he'll say that uh, if you see the Father singing – you can look down the line and you'll see the kids singing. Mm. If you see the father not singing in mass, then you will look down the line and you won't see the kids singing. Really? And it's kind of an amazing thing. So I started paying attention a little bit and, and sure enough, mm. that, that seems to be how it goes. So I, I agree with you. I don't think that we will ever know how much our kids look at us to see how to act and behave. And if dad's doing it, then I guess that's what I should be doing because mm. As much as they tell you they don't really want to be like you, I think at some level they we all want to be like our fathers. Absolutely. The uh, the interesting thing, Devin Schott started a program called Fathers of St. Joseph, and it's an excellent, excellent program um, and really encouraged more guys to get involved in something like that. But he talks about – there's a lot of numbers that he talks about in there and just how – you know, children look to, especially young young girls, look to when she's doing her ball, ballet steps, she's practicing at home and she's saying, look, daddy, it's it's dad that she's looking for that affirmation, you know, because we become the, the, the eyes and the hands and the ears of our heavenly father. You know, that's what brings being the father, a good earthly father brings our children closer to our heavenly father. Yeah, and and I think this is where some of what we do can come in and help with that is is guys are plugged into athletics 
And if we can find a way to associate, even you know, even if we don't get a chance to coach the dads directly, um, as their young men grow in faith, I think a lot of times that causes us as fathers. I know that even myself, you know, when my son will look at me, and you always have days you're like, oh, I'm so tired, I don't want to do this or that. And dad, aren't we going to pray this today? And you're like, oh yeah, we are. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. it's amazing how I think that athletics is a great avenue for us because of how plugged in men are with it to evangelize we just have to do it in the right way uh, and use it the right way yeah what what do you feel is the most important life lesson or skill your athletes take with them after their time with you at tmp i hope that uh, what they're able to take away from us is the ability when things are difficult in life to know that they can handle that and stick to what they're they're doing and so you know i i hope that when things are difficult in their marriage they're able to stick with it and work through it and be successful in their marriage. We, we hope that when things are difficult as a father, they have those same tools to do that. And that's what we'd like to see is that uh, the tools they gain with us help them to be good fathers, help them to be good husbands, help them to be people that remained in their faith. And then we also want them to evangelize and bring others with them along the way. And so, um, you know, there's a famous coach who said, you know, was your season successful? And he said, I don't know. Give me 10 years and I'll tell you, depending on how they turn out. And and I really believe that's true. Um, but that's what we want our young men to go out there, be nice, good men of character um, who become good fathers and husbands. And, and that's what we hope. Well, I, I love what you're doing. Is it now? I'm kind of curious. Is this uh, something that you've kind of created on your own? Did you have some inspiration from somebody else, or the the ideas that you formulated here for the way you coach um, these young men? What, where did that Where did that evolve from? It, it's the program itself is kind of me putting together all the stuff. I, I'm a reader. I read a lot of different books from a lot of different coaches and, and different saints and different things. And and I started working with athletics. I don't know, 15 years ago. I've been coaching for 15 years, and I've always thought that the the best way to win would be to create this culture, and this was a good opportunity to put those to a test. Mm-hmm. But I, I started talking a number of years ago uh, around the diocese in a lot of places with how to compete as a Catholic athlete, and I was pretty convinced that if you lived out your faith the way we're asked to, it would make you a more successful athlete. That ability to work hard, that ability to be disciplined, that ability to handle adversity, I felt like our faith set us up to be a good athlete and to be successful. Um, So we took all of that and we kind of put it together into this program here. Um, But it's just bits and pieces from all over the place. And we're still building it. I mean, there's still things that we want to change a little bit and and grow in as a team and as as a, a community. But I really believe that we tried to take faith away from those things, and it made it totally secular. Well, well, my challenge to that is, you know, you and I could do amazing things if it was to save a loved one or to do something for something that we care about a cause. But if it's just to glorify ourselves, we probably wouldn't do near as much, and it wouldn't mean as much to us. And so um, for us, if the, if the if the glory is to glorify our God, again, we can do tremendous things. We can work really hard. We can do great uh, acts of, of things. But if it's just to glorify ourselves, most of the time we're just going to quit and, and stop. And so, you know, that's where that all came from is is let's shift the focus from, which athletics a lot of ways just glory me. Uh, look at me. I scored this many points. I did this. And let's reflect that to somebody greater than us and see if that doesn't give us a better motivation and help us to be more successful. Yeah, I love that. 
We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. Whether you're listening via radio, smartphone app, Amazon Echo, or at dbmercy.com, please know we'll be right back with more about Coaching Boys to Be Men on One Body with Bill Mayer. We're back on One Body, stewarding God's creation. One body, one body, stewarding God's creation. Coaching boys into men. One body, one body. With Coach Bill Mayer. One body. Ken Billinger conducts the interview. Our guest, Bill Mayer, talking on coaching boys to men. And this is this a program? I mean, I, I, I call it a program. I know it's something that you really developed. But do you see this maybe being something that other coaches um, can see the benefit of? And maybe you can create a template of, of sorts that, that other coaches could use it and implement it in their program? I, I sure hope so. Um, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about uh, this method of, of coaching young men, and, and I hope that others will see success and will want to see why we, we were able to have that success. And so I hope that that's something that takes off. I hope that parents value this and say, yeah, we want this for our young men as opposed to just sending it to someone that is strictly going to coach X's and O's. You know, I hope that the parents recognize that. Um, and I hope that schools recognize that, hey, we want our young men to turn out when they're seniors and walk out on graduation with these tools and this character and stuff. And so that's that's my hope is that it continues to grow. Now, uh, thanks be to God, success is is going to help motivate that and so when you end up successful people will look and see what you're doing so you know i I can't you can't dismiss winning as part of the formula if you're out there doing great things for young men and you're doing uh building character and stuff but you don't ever win any games it's hard to push that and so now the flip side of that for me is i have great confidence that if you do the right things build the right culture that that'll take care of itself Mm. but uh but we've had several phone calls from coaches around the diocese and and in kansas uh particularly catholic schools but i'd like to see public schools to start look at this as well but you know parents have to speak that it's important to them and that's what the radio station you know if faith is important to you if forming young people to be people who take that on to the next level is important to you you know one of the big ways is you've got to put your money into those kind of programs and, and help those that are out there doing that, which is why, you know, I think this Catholic radio station has done so much for this community that I don't know unless you sit there and really in-depthly think about it. I can see the fruits so many different ways. So, you know, hopefully that is something where parents recognize and, and people recognize and, and they want to uh, continue that. Bill, we have, you know, a few minutes left. Is there anything else happening at TMP you want to talk about or things going on? That uh, You know, it's amazing. seems like the school year just started and we're, we're here we are May 1st and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's about over. We were just sitting in my office yesterday going, how on earth did that happen? And, and uh, you know, that's a good thing. Our kids are ready for, uh, for a break. Um, they're ready to uh, go refresh and renew a little bit and uh, – get ready for the next year. Uh, we're about to have graduation, which has turned into a giant sad month for me as uh, you know, I start to have that realization that those young men are, are 
you know, leaving us. Now, it's exciting because, you know, that graduation class that, that's leaving us is going to go out and do great things in the world. Um, but it's sad for us because I enjoy interacting with them in the hallways and, and uh, practices and different things. So, um, but that's what life is about is, you know, I tell our parents the the goal of being a parent is teaching your kid how to live without you and to not need you. And I think that's hard because then, you know, you build up that relationship and you hate to see them go out on their own. Right. Um, so that's kind of what's going on in school right now. And, and uh, you know, just a lot of good things, though, that, you know, within our community, it's just an exciting time right now. Well, some of the things, uh, as far as campus minister goes, and I, we, I know we've talked about it probably in past uh, uh, pledge drives, but um, as far as your duties as campus minister, what share a little bit about some of the things that you do as campus minister. Campus ministry uh, is, is one of those deals where it's a very... I don't know. It gets to touch all sorts of different areas within the school. And so I serve on the leadership team, the admin team. Um, and then I work with the students from all the way from seven to 12. Um, I facilitate the stewardship hours program, um, liturgies and those sort of things. Um, but a lot of it is just engaging kids, seeing where they're at, having discussions with them and trying to help them grow in their faith in whatever area they are. So a lot of times when kids get in trouble, they end up visiting with me and we have good conversations about faith and different stuff. And, and, you know, a lot of times getting in trouble is a way of acting out to have a conversation. And, and so that's, you know, my day, I can't even tell you what it's going to be today. It just, every day is a different day, which I enjoy. I just let the Holy Spirit take it and go. But, uh, but it is amazing to me uh, when I sit back and again, look at what's going on in Hayes in our Catholic faith. And it's just amazing the fruits and the uh, and, and everything that's going on. Mm. Um, and it's fun to, I look out here and I see some of our students. It's fun to see the fruit of that, which is the, the young people as, as they're turning out and what, what they're like. Yeah, I'm, I'm always excited to talk to the young folks. And, you know, it, one of the things that really warms my heart is uh, to see young people who are plugged into the faith and really on fire. You know, not only, well, I mean, high school, college age students, some of the students at Fort Hayes when we have the Catholic disciples in. When I have conversations with them about uh, NCYC and programs like that, things that they go to, and to just just to hear the stories and the the love and respect for the Eucharist and just to watch these kids really grow in their faith and I think many times what we see is these young people are actually catechizing their parents yeah. um, and that's that's a you know that's not a bad thing but it bringing parents around to maybe who didn't have that formation that these young people are receiving um, yeah so it, it you know I was just thinking that uh, it's really on us as as adults. To help these young people, they are so close, they are so plugged into their faith, and they have to look out and see some people living their faith, and they're ready to go. And so I think that, you know, it's important for us to give them, again, good examples of those people that are, are living it. And uh, But I, I look at them, and of course, you know, it is, a, it is a war out there for our young people. The culture is just an absolute war for them to contend with. And every single day, you know, sometimes part of my job, the frustrating side is I feel like we win some battles at school and we get them to a certain point and they go home and they look at social media and get back into their culture. And then we got to do the same thing the next day. And, and that's the war that we fight all the time, but they're really close and they understand. We just, you know, the, 
us as a church have to do a better job of living out our faith as well and give them examples of, yes, in the future, you can see yourself in this person living out the faith as, as you go forward. Uh, absolutely true. That's the, the challenge we see. You know, I, I was talking about we had a, a men's a group talk that I and I said, if you look at the first this was in just it was in early April, about a month or so ago. And I said, look at the first 90 days of 2019 and the things that have happened. And it's almost surreal to, to hear. I mean, we talked about life issues and the things that were going on and all of the stuff that happened in the first quarter of 2019. And I said, you know, hope, hopefully the year will end better than it started. But we do have a we have a big hill to climb. And, it, and I don't want to sound like doom and gloom, because I think if we all, you know, prayer is so important. People say, what can I do? I said, prayer is one of the most powerful things. We take prayer for too many people take prayer for granted and don't understand the power of prayer but we all it's 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 little by little if we each do what we can do that creates the ripple effect that affects so many people and uh, we talk about that with evangelization and and just you know what if um, and that's the my message I spoke to a group on Saturday at a retreat and I talked about the message was what if and I shared stories about things going on and how people's lives were changed. And the, basically, the, the, really, the, the whole idea was to get people to understand that. Um, and I'll use one example. I have a friend of mine, Dave, who is with School of Faith in Kansas City. And they really do a great job with helping to form even teachers in the Catholic schools. And so there, it's something that the archbishop has implemented that they are involved with that. And then we're seeing the change in, in Catholic school teachers being really more uh, true to the faith and just the, just the way they teach and how they do things. It's a beautiful thing. And he talked about evangelization and just that one-on-one and inviting somebody to, to know the faith. And, and he said one day he was at the gym and he said, I'd worked out and I was getting ready to go. I had a busy day. We had a lot going on that day. And I was trying to get out and God was speaking to me saying, you need to talk to that guy, this particular guy. And it's like, oh my gosh, I, I want to go. I got to get out of here. And he said, God just kept tugging at him to talk to him and start a conversation. And he did. Eventually they start working out together. Eventually the guy finds out the guy was a, a Catholic who was not practicing, practicing his faith anymore, but got so ingrained in the faith and, and so entrenched in just what he was missing that he actually went to Steubenville. Now, this is an anomaly. I mean, yeah. this isn't going to happen all the time, but went to Steubenville, got his master's degree in theology and is, is teaching others and helping others grow in the faith. And I said, Dave, what if what if you wouldn't have talked to him? What if you would have walked out the door and said, nope, I'm not going to do it? What if? And the point to that is that's one guy doing something God's asking him to do. And he he ends up, you know, this guy ends up influencing the lives of many. There's a ripple effect there. Yeah. We, what can we as one person do? We have to understand we can do a lot because that ripple effect happens. It affects others and it just spreads and grows. And if we want to change the culture, we have to we yeah. have to be willing to step out in faith and do that too. Yeah. The I think the fruit of this culture is it is a war out there for our young people and it is a war for ourselves to stay spiritually strong. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be able to sit on the sideline. And, you know, one of the things I tell our young people all the time is in cultures like this, the greatest saints have been formed. And, and there's going to be great saints that come out of this day and age. But this is why... Again, supporting radio, you know, Catholic radio, supporting Catholic schools, supporting our parishes, you know, all those sort of things. We can no longer sit on the side and just hope we have to help 
uh, do those things that are going to help continue that faith. And nobody gets to sit on the sidelines anymore. The culture is such a mess that we have to get active and we have to get engaged. You know, young people's souls need that to, to happen. Absolutely. Well, Bill, we, we're just about, the hour's about up. I, I love talking to you. I love what you're doing. I'm just I'm just so proud of you. I think it's so important that uh, we see more of this and, and uh, to see what you're doing. And I know it's it's not just you. It's a, a team of people making this happen, but really excited for the kids at TMP to be have this experience and draw closer to Christ through through, uh, you know, coaching boys to be men. So any final thoughts you want to share? No, I just uh, I would ask that everybody out there prays for us um, as we continue to try to do these things. We, we need your prayers uh, and, and your support. So we appreciate that. Thanks for listening to Divine Mercy Radio. Whether you're listening via radio, smartphone app, Amazon Echo, or at dvmercy.com, we appreciate you tuning in to this week's One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you have a comment on today's show, please go to dvmercy.com and click on the One Body icon. The comment button is in the middle of the page. And folks, eternity is not seen, but neither are these airwaves. But if you can support these radio waves and help save souls for eternity, then please go to dvmercy.com and click on Donate, where your donation will be seen and appreciated. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio, KMDG 105.7 Hayes, KJDM 101.7 Lindsberg Salina, KRTT 88.1 Great Bend, and KVDM 88.1 Hayes. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.